you were giving your mic and your podium, but now it's time to sit down into that chair that's waiting for you. And how do I keep that seat at the table to your point? And I always... Welcome to Simply Trade, brought to you by Global Training Center. My name is Lalo, and together with my co-host, Andy Shiles, we have well over 60 years of combined trade, logistics, and supply chain experience. Along the way, we have seen and experienced different challenges in trade compliance. We decided to put the show together and call on our friends and colleagues in the business to discuss these topics and just hang out with us to shoot the ship on all things trade. Thank you for spending some time with us. Enjoy the show. Andy, I uh, lined up a good guest for you today, um, or for us actually, and uh, I think uh, sometimes we forget about how important it is to have a voice out there in uh, in uh, in uh, your with your with uh, C-suite. And so, I've um, had a long relationship with Gabby here, and uh, she's done some some stuff for us in the past, and. Uh, I think she has really good information that she can provide for us good, on good, this good. topic. Well, I can tell you that as we're looking at it, you know, talking about getting the support from upper management is going to be paramount. It's it's always been a battle. Um, generally speaking, compliance departments are treated like stepchildren. It's very reactive. And in the last several years, uh, there has been a seat at the table, if you will, for a lot of people created from the compliance area with the upper management. The question is now, because things were changing so rapidly that people needed to be part of the strategic planning, I think. But the question is going to be now is how do you keep that seat at the table as well as regain it if you've lost it? So, um, Gabby? Welcome to our show. We're looking forward to talking with you. It's like I've thrown a, a big uh, nugget there, but is there anything you want to start us off with, with just in general of uh, what you're thinking about today? Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here talking about this, this topic. And uh, it's one that we get a lot, as you can imagine, being uh, trade compliance consultants. So we get hit by the executives. We get hit from the stepchildren and I couldn't agree more with the analogy. Um, yeah. I think to take a step back, though, having a seat at the table traditionally, uh, if you think about the expression, it's a very proactive term, right? It's like there's been a runway, there's been a series of events that you've earned and you've proven your seat at the table. Um, I would say with the previous administration, we weren't so much allowed for that runway. I think you nailed it when you talked about there's been strategy traditionally with having a seat at the table, but I would say with the series of events of the past few years, there wasn't so much the ability to have those proactive moments of building up to earn your seat at the table. We were kind of just given a mic and a podium, like, go, here, what do I do? And I think that um, to take a step back from that expression, and now it's about, you were given your mic and your podium, but now it's time to sit down into that chair that's waiting for you. And how do I keep that seat at the table to your point? And I always think about this more um, when I talk about the quote unquote seat at the table or the mic and the podium we've been given. I always say we've been living in this reactive world. We haven't had the, the runway and the time to build these relationships, to structure, to lay the foundation, the solid foundation to build our trade compliance empires on. So to me, it's all about future facing. It's about how to really hone in on, like you said, um, Andy, that strategic concept, just how to solidify the foundation, um, look at that foundation, find the gaps, 
build those gaps into strategy for a company. Um, because having a seat at the table to me is about merit and it's about the value that you provide to a company. And we all know we have merit. And uh, so it's more about how can you communicate the value that trade compliance brings to an organization moving forward? Gabby, so that's the million dollar question. Let, let me jump in here for a second, though. You're, you're touching on a few good things. One of the things that I've had experience with is in discussing situations with other compliance people, I always get this, especially when my own staff uh, at, at uh, different companies, but it was they need to know something. It's like the, the, the compliance people have the minutia of detail just in their head. And so then they mm -hmm. go to put, provide an update, if you will. And there is a definitive value of, of filtering through all of that, you know, the federal registry notices, the regulations, the laws, the yep. different things. And then when they go and give this update, it's a, it, this long dissertation. I, and I would look at them going, forget that. No, you can't mm -hmm. expect yep. the C-suite or just middle management or whatever to read all that. And they're going, but they, mm -hmm. you know, being upper management need to know that. And I'm like, no, yep. upper management needs to know concisely what's the action you need or you want them to take mm -hmm. what's the information they really need to make a decision in my yep. mind is as we're looking at it. so the the talk a little bit about the conflict of when people are saying the value from the compliance side and what mm -hmm. they want to offer versus what is it that that upper level they're, yeah. they're dealing with everything else they don't have time to spend a whole yep. lot on compliance. So talk a little bit about that of how yep. do you make that bridge of all this minutia of detail and then try and succinctly update the uh, upper management credit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm really glad you, you addressed that because this is one of our, um, the output of a lot of the work that we do is we're constantly in our assessments, we always, we always provide our updates as uh, compliance risk versus business right. risk. Because what's considered a compliance risk is not often the business risk. So, um, and it's always about, you know, how ultimately getting that in front of the executive. So we use a tool in our world, we build what's called an executive playbook. And when we're talking about value, and if you're the trade compliance person and you're running your import compliance, or your export compliance, you think about, okay, value, what is value to a company? It's um, obviously financial. It's looking at where is the money flowing. So in terms of what you provide to your executives, think about um, all the minutia, like you said, all the nitty gritty of value. You can talk about add the warm rates and that's going to bore the ears off. People don't have the bandwidth. But if you put bullet points and say, hey, give me an 30 minutes with your sourcing team. And I'm talking, if you, the minutia means there's a trade agreement that we can leverage or a manufacturing that we can change, executives don't need to hear that. It's, we have the opportunity to save a million dollars in duty a year. And the, the background of that might be through 10 different bullet points that executives don't need to hear. But executives need to hear that you're thinking about the business in a way that you know who to talk to, to drive impact to the bottom dollar line you can ask for time with engineering. You can say in the, as our business scales, your business ideally is always gonna be scaling and growing. And as you scale, it's like, we're dealing with maybe some high risk technology here. We're 
pulling in more defense subcontractors. Like you want to go out after the defense sub defense. Mm -hmm. Like let's give give me thirty minutes so I can talk to you about the risks and what that means to the company. Or um, have you thought? You know, I just came back from a conference. It seems like there's you're talking now sales. So I think it's about number one. Look at your organization. What are the main departments that generally traditionally provide value? It's sales, engineering. It's um, those are kind of the two the two main ones we always focus on. And it's communicating to the executives that I can give these engineering some bullet points on how to scale the business in a way that protects the company and really enables the growth of us in that direction. And it's talking about I can talk to finance or sourcing on some strategic uh, thoughts and opportunities that can really drive impact to the bottom dollar with, with the duty rates. And I think if you come like, here's how we can save money and here's how we can facilitate scalability for the future of our company, an executive is not going to not listen to that, right? So that's kind of how we feel. Well, you're, you're hitting on something I think I like is, let me rephrase it, because again, like I said, I'm dumb as a box of rocks, so I have to keep it pretty simple, right? Is as we're looking at this stuff is <laughs> translating into taking your message and translating all of this information into something that's going to be accepted or understood more by the executive level. Um, it, it, and I, I, I'm keeping it simple. It's a case where those executives don't need to go into the details. That's what the compliance folks are there for. You know, I used yep, to tell a staff, exactly. your job mm -hmm. is to right. get through all that detail. If an executive mm -hmm. wants to um, know more information, they'll ask questions. And, you know, Absolutely. so talk a little bit more about your, your executive yep. playbook. I used to have something what I called yep. uh, the uh, back pocket list for upper management. We would put together mm -hmm. a list of agenda items and some key things if somebody mm -hmm. were traveling let's say to you know washington dc or to a, a state capital or mm -hmm. something like that it's like hey if you run into somebody from this agency here's the key thing and if there's any questions always just refer them mm -hmm. back to you know you know this person here's phone number easy enough but yeah. what what about your executive playbook what do you, what is are the kind of things that you put in that i'm sure it's not very long and it must be very succinct yeah yeah, like I said, the categories, we really, it's just two two bullet points, really. It's the, the financial opportunities and it's the, the future opportunities. It's what can be changed today and what can be, what's, what can help in the future. I, I like where you're going with that. So if that's your executive playbook, the scenario there is that's something, that's whatever format you wind up putting that in and keeping it just, you know, pretty simple. Mm -hmm. But then that's what you use as an update, you know, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, but it's it's uh, yeah. something where they can they get used to seeing that. But maintaining that, you know, creating it's one thing, mm -hmm. but maintaining it is another thing. Right. Absolutely. So what we've realized through the past few years, um, by default, a lot of companies created this kind of tiger team, right, with um, having to move manufacturing or whatever it may be. So. It's using those new relationships that you have at the highest echelon and saying like, hey, let's meet, like even if it's going out for beers quarter, like let, let me feed you updates on a quarterly basis. And I constantly, let's keep in this 
keep this relationship alive by always working on what can be fixed now and what, you know, I'm going to feed you what you need to know for the future. Like, hey, sales, I want to know, what are you targeting? Are we shifting our business into a more defense services kind of business? Is that where the company, you know, that's where the money is? So do we want to go there? Um, and that's why we really focus on those two things. Let's go on. Let's keep going. There is that from a standpoint, you know, the updates are one thing. Now you, again, touched on something else that I think is a phenomenal action. And that is you've got to reach out and actually meet with somebody or, hey, let's go get a beer after work or, you know, let's let's mm -hmm. meet for lunch or whatever the case is. Um, you've, yeah. you've got to get you've got to make the effort to get out and, and get on the calendar of the uh, upper management group. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know you you say, or so, sometimes we, we will say that they don't care about trade compliance, but the truth of the matter is companies have been burned and they've have felt the pain and companies don't want to feel that pain. Like, I think in the beginning of this conversation, Lala, you talked about being at the cool kids table, I always say, we were invited to this party, but no one really wanted us to be there to begin with. Yeah. So it's about how to maintain <laughs> that relationship. You know, it's like you've kind of walked in this party. It's like, great. Uh, but now it's our job to really make it high level, dumb it down, whatever you need to do. Just what it's, you know, what, what does a company care about? It's future growth. Right. It's bottom dollar. So trade compliance touches on every element of an organization but it's so easy if so long as you have that relationship established which ideally you do given the past few years push it and say hey let's we've been in the trenches together like let's continue this relationship quarterly um, put it on their calendar make it fun um, make it informative and just focus on the value add you know it, it's always going to be there okay well that's that's the thing that Let's, let's talk that you're in those meetings. You're at the table, if you will. Um, what are the do's and the, and the don'ts and, and the things to do? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, have you ever been at a party and you wind up talking to somebody that is, you know, talks, goes so much into detail, you're going, okay, I, you know, first chance I get, let me, oh, I got to get something else to drink and you know, off you go. Yeah. So let's talk about Absolutely. that is how to, you know, what should you be doing? Do you, do you guys talk about how to train somebody on literally how to communicate with upper management? So, yes, we do. Um, we, the, the secret to, as you just said, is not going into the details. So we recommend Trade compliance people are by nature very detailed people and can go up right. for, you know, ever on, on those details. So we, when we talk to our clients on how to stay in front of their executives, it start with two sentences. Just, I have some ideas on how we can save money and I have some ideas, you know, I heard from sales that we want to start focusing on growing our hardware in this direction, all right? Show something that you've been listening and communicating with other executives or with other key players. So number one, you're showing like, I have ideas on how we can save money. Number two, you're showing ideas on, you're communicating, I've spoken to these people. I, I know the direction the company is going and I have ideas on how we can scale that, um, period. Yeah. Gonna leave it at that. And I guess just keep coming back to how can, what impact can I make now? 
and what impact can I make in the future? And I think there's value also in showing that you've had the back-end conversations with other key stakeholders, that you have a good grasp on the business and where it's going in the future, so. That's excellent. I, I, I can tell you that one of the things that I would suggest is as you're talking to, I mean, you are, this is like phenomenal, good information, but it's common sense, quite frankly. But as you're looking at it, one of the things is what are the right. current objectives or the current goals or objectives that the each of these, uh, you know, executive division heads uh, may be shooting for? Uh, you know, everything from, you know, increasing sales of your sales. I understand it, but more specifically yeah. the product mix versus the engineering versus the sourcing, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying to, um, yeah. let's face it, companies are looking for bigger, better, faster, cheaper. Okay. Take that. And from yeah. a compliance standpoint, look at mm -hmm. it and go, you know, in, you know, project XYZ, I have some ideas of how to, you know, save some money or, you know, do like you're talking about mm -hmm. of um, maybe how to increase sales in this, but, you know, do it in a, in a compliant way, whatever the case is. But it's like, I think that mm -hmm. it would be good to take what you just said and add, you know, pull in your targets, pull in your objectives for the company. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think again, it just, it depends on your relationship and how much time you have with this executive. So I think that would be almost the next level of pulling in the objectives. I don't know if there's, a, you know, we have clients who receive mm -hmm. uh, quarterly uh, plans that come down from the executive. So then you can get, start to get more detailed, but if you are standing in the lunch line or, you know, whatever have, three minutes to tell, to talk to your executive. It's, Hey, I have some ideas. And then from there, Oh, tell me about it. And then it's, well, our objective are, are X, Y, and Z. And so I think for X, we can do this. And that's your, um, you know, talking about, I, right. I was talking to sales. I was talking to Bob over in accounting. Let's start accruals. I can run reports with my tools. So that's where we can get to the next Excellent. level. And cause you're really like, we're at the nucleus, but with an exec, you're or like an onion, right? Execs only want the skin, but we at the end of the day, we have to we have to do the whole onion right down to the down to the middle. But an exec is uh, it just depends on how much bandwidth you get. But if you can just focus on the value add out the gate conversation and then be ready to back it up. So don't talk to your execs, kind of scale up and scale back. So don't talk to your execs until you've understood the the goals of the company, which again, it's common sense, right? This is, this is not rocket science, but know the goals. But when you get in front of the exec, just, I have ideas, we can drive change here and in a good way, and then have the backup. They don't need to hear it out the gate, keep it simple. Then you have their ear and then say, tell me more. And then you go with the next level. Let's talk about follow-up then. The next step would be as you're talking through mm -hmm. these people or whatever, what do you suggest in the follow-up? Yeah, I said, um, so I have an example of this. When I worked in-house, We, I, I had an opportunity to be next to the CFO in our coffee line. And I mentioned something about um, accruals. And it's next thing you can send a follow-up and say, as discussed, and here are some bullet points. And we can schedule time or shoot me an email, like whatever it is. And you send it to the CFO. It's usually filtered, you know, by an assistant or whatever. But um, and we and we encourage our, our clients to always be acting like that. It's it's not just about um, 
just having the opportunity. It's about just, again, the bullet points, have your backup ready to go. Don't talk to them. Building your elevator pitch, part of that is gathering facts, right? It's talking to sales, having an idea of what uh, of the company's direction, but um, ultimately your, your, your hook is the, is the, is the dollar is I can fix I can address the financial bottom line and I can talk about the future. But ideally, you've already assembled your facts. So your follow-up should be, I talked about these two things. Here's my, here's some sub bullets. But again, you don't want to give them too much. You don't want to send a whole, you know, more than three or four sentences. I think that's the, what do they say, the TLDR, too long, don't read. Um, you just want yeah. just a two or three bullet points under each fact and say, happy to talk to you or uh, another stakeholder about this and, you know, should take 30 minutes and to your point. Don't take all 30 minutes ever when you schedule meetings and sooner. So. Well, here's, here's something else is that compliance in the past has been very reactionary. And secondarily to that, as we, you know, I gave the analogy is uh, been treated and it still could be to this day treated somewhat like a stepchild. Just go over and do your compliance thing, get out of the way and, We'll mm -hmm. call you if we need you kind of thing. And yeah. then when the proverbial, you know, what hits the fan, then he's like, well, why didn't you tell us, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Part of the deal yeah. with the compliance is building, you know, broadening your base of your network within the company. So, and, and more specifically, broadening mm -hmm. the base of gaining support from other areas. So one of the suggestions that we've just been talking mm -hmm. about of, meeting with the uh, upper management, giving updates and things. One of the things I would suggest also, and see what your thought is, is finding somebody mm -hmm. or some department that has done something well, especially in follow-up to, hey, just want to let you know, uh, Bob over in purchasing did something that's going to support the project I talked to you about last month. It's like, you ought to, you know, here's the question mm -hmm. they ask or here's the something to look at is that this is a good thing and i think it's going to help in increasing you know the efficiency or reducing costs or whatever the case is but looking for opportunities mm -hmm. to complement uh some other departments mm -hmm. so that you know as the old yeah. saying goes you can uh, attract more flies with honey mm -hmm. than vinegar so yeah yeah absolutely I think that there's huge value in in always elevating your your teammates and and others in the organization 100%. I think that again is kind of one of those human common sense things that unfortunately not enough people remember and, and especially just given the nature um, we have the opportunity of course with what we do to to be part of a lot of different organizations and see different cultures and and we see those cultures where um, that have a very strong honey <laughs> honey trap, and we see others that you know it, it needs some work uh, and improvement. So, yes, I think as a whole, um, like if I talk about the onion and how, from an executive standpoint and the seat at the table standpoint, we want to keep it high level. But fundamentally, what you should be doing, and we'll do this uh, a lot of times with um, trade compliance folks, especially when either someone inherits the hat or it's a new hire. But you sit down and you do a literal map and you put trade compliance in the middle. You say, what are our departments? And with each department, you meet with them so that you can understand their processes. And as you talk to one, one department, you'll realize that, oh, that's actually, you know, what finance is doing is really, uh, or what sourcing is doing 
um, strategically really helps finance. So then you talk to finance and you say, you know, sourcing's doing a great job over here. And then you talk to your, by the time you get to the executives, just given our position, we have the opportunity to just listen and see and think about what everyone's doing in that from a trade compliance lens. And then we're really at the common denominator of a lot of these different departments um, from that now zooming back out to executives from a duty standpoint, you can say sourcing's doing a great job with this, finance is doing a great job with this. Um, if we did a quarterly meeting where we can just mesh everything together, we can talk about targeting uh, trade agreements, um, free trade programs. Uh, you know, if you're talking on the export side, we can engineer is doing this and we've got some, you know, research and development over here as That's a separate thing. And just, we have this create, we have this ability to be creative um, in a way where we can observe and listen, call out the awesome things that these yeah. departments are doing, and then have that, by the time you get up to your executive level, you've already had that conversation, and you're able to really show that you've listened and point out the great work being done within each, um, right. each other siloed department, because they're all siloed, really. Well, Gabby, you're, you're, I mean, that is outstanding with what right. you just went through, because... What it's demonstrating by the time you get there, it's not like this, you, you're coming in from left field, nobody's really seen you, especially if you're new to the company, but it's like you're coming in and, and, and you're like a bull in a china mm -hmm. closet, you know, tearing up everything and flipping it. It's like when you have yeah. gone through and met with uh, uh, the folks uh, in the different areas or different divisions and, and departments, and you've talked with them and listened to them. So then when you get to that uh, C level or upper management level and you're able mm -hmm. to say, you know what? I met with purchasing or sourcing and they did this and I found out engineering's doing this and operations are doing it. And, and you just incorporate that into your conversation. Yeah. It gives you yeah. a great deal of credibility, would it not? Mm -hmm. 100%. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's research. It's what we do best, right? In compliance, we fact find, we investigate, and and it's and we're we're curious. We're constantly. We have to be constantly evolving, and you know, ahead of staying on top of these regulations. We have a very uh, front lines type of job, and and this just kind of is is part of the puzzle. Again, common sense, and not something we've really had the time to be doing um, in in the past few years, but. Um, it's time to, to take advantage of, of the time to be, again, proactive, build those relationships. Your time with the executives, that's your that's your time to shine, but don't go in there blind. you got to be prepared. So that's how you get right. prepared. Well, you, you, you touched on it where right. you're better off to do your homework, do your research before you start knocking on the C-suite doors. Um, and, and uh, so it's, it, it, you know, man, I tell 100%. you what, Gabby, this is, this is excellent in that be prepared before you walk in and that's your time to shine, but you mm -hmm. don't want to go overboard and you don't want to take too much time. So in and out. So, mm -hmm. well, Gabby, is there anything else you would like to add for yeah. this in closing? I don't think so. I think you summed it up perfectly and, uh, yes, just no one likes their time wasted. So do, do the research, get your, get your facts straight. And again, just focus on the value, what you can change today and how you can help the company moving forward. And I think you do all that and you'll be in a good place. Well, I'm going to definitely, uh, 
taking the, the notes here and whatnot, it's obvious uh, you're going to forget more than I'm going to get to learn here. So as uh, looking at this, I hope that I can, you know, follow through with all of that. But the folks listening to us, I'm telling you, this is some valuable, valuable information. And uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, this, this isn't how, uh, as far as becoming proficient in communications with this, it's not something that is, how do I classify? What's the set in the country of origin? Those are all basics on all this. Mm -hmm. This is how to communicate. What are the personalities of mm -hmm. the people? So, you know, you got different personality programs and, and how to communicate and right. how to make it succinct, in, you know, in your presentations mm -hmm. and your elevator speeches mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Absolutely. Gabby, are you happy with, you, you, you happy with where we've gone with this? Yeah, I think it's a great topic. It's a super critical topic, and I'm grateful to have discussed it with such a such a legend in the industry too. So thanks for your time as well. <laughs> All right, Lalo, what do you think? Yeah. Well, thank you, Gabby. Yeah. Right. That was good. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. Simply Train is brought to you by the generous contributions of Global Training Center. You can follow the show and GTC on LinkedIn or Twitter and other social networks. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. Also, make sure that you share this with a friend and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We really like hearing from you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest in the show or would like to sponsor Simply Trade or suggest any topic you would like for us to discuss, please contact us via email at simplytrade at globaltrainingcenter.com or you can DM us on Twitter at simplytradepod. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Happy trading. Simply Trade is not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situation. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.